Hey guys, you're welcome to another episode on the chat decks. It's been a minute. I mean, I have missed you guys so much. So if you live in Portacot like I do, the network, I don't know. I, I think, I don't know. Tell me if this is how it is in your area, but the network in my area is terrible. So because of that, I've not been able to, you know, upload a new podcast. And I'm so, so sorry that I kept you guys waiting. But don't worry, we're back. And I'm with my friend today, Chidema. So if you don't know who Chidema is, I think you should pause and go back and listen to the first episode we ever uploaded on staying productive in isolation, where she gave us tips on how to stay productive in isolation so if you want to know what she has to offer i think you have to check that episode anyway back to what we have for today so my girl is here and she's going to be telling us what we are discussing today trust me you're going to love it so listen so um thank you very much for having me on the chat deck so the topic we have for you today is something very interesting something we cooked and is very very delicious so the topic we have for you today is cross beliefs like you heard it cross beliefs some of you will be wondering what are they talking about what is this all about basically cross belief is when you are dating or you're in a relationship or you are married to a to an unbeliever is either when you are dating an unbeliever or you are married to an unbeliever this is in cases where you are a believer and you're dating a dating someone who's an unbeliever so that's what cross beliefs is all about so you heard her and uh we're about to get deep down into it because i mean like some people like so what's so difficult if i date an unbeliever and what makes you think the person is a non-believer? I know a lot of questions are going to come up now. How do I know if the person is a non-believer? How do I know if the person is a believer? How do I know if the person is the one? Okay, first of all, I just want to clear the air. You can quote me wrong or you can say, I don't know what I'm saying. Fine. But I don't believe there's anything like the one, please. Don't get it twisted. I, I keep I, I ask my friends questions most times when some of them say the things like the one. I'm like, okay, so what happens if the one gets into a fatal accident are you saying the one was supposed to go and get into if I please don't get yourself deceived okay there are so many people god can bring your way that are his purpose for your life but it is our choice to you know just pick that's why he gave us free will pick what you think you can handle so stop please i don't like that word the one i just get tired of hearing it okay so we're digressing back to what we have for today so, uh, Chilima, I have a question for you. Number one question is, being in a relationship with someone who doesn't share your belief, is it a yes or a no for you? And why? It's a capital no for me. Like, dating someone who is a non-believer, it's a capital no for me because the consequences are more than the things are going to... The consequences are more than the benefits, basically the things this i will i will suffer the things i will gain and the things i will suffer from are more than the things i will gain because the truth of the matter is that as long as we are as long as we are humans and we are moving in this in this journey in this life that we are living now we should understand that our salvation is of primary importance the bible clearly shows that what man is it that will gain the whole world and lose it so it means that your salvation is the most valuable thing that you can ever attain so trading your salvation with someone who is not a believer 
it's it's not worth it basically it's not worth it because if you are dating an unbeliever first of all you will lose god like you lose your focus on god secondly you will tend to compromise in order to make it work in order to make it make that person happy you tend to compromise and do things that are against god's god's principles and another thing you need to understand is that it may it may cost you your life dating an unbeliever dating someone who doesn't have who doesn't share the same faith with you for example you are married to somebody who is who is not a, a or you are dating someone who is not a believer and today you are like ah, i'm dressing up i'm going to church and be like ah and every day they go church lie down and sleep all those kind of things it's somehow by the time you lie down and sleep for like two three four sundays you will now start realize that ah it don't tell where i'll go church it's like i'll stop going that you have compromised by that now you have we have lost you a soul that's supposed to be in the kingdom of god we have lost you then another reason another thing is the fact that this world we are living in now we need to move with people with like minds people who are working the same way we are working people who share the same beliefs and the same core value systems that we so if you hold on to god there is no need holding on to somebody else who doesn't share those beliefs and those faiths that because when you need prayers when you need to fight the fairy darts of the wicked which is satan the devil you you can't fight it alone the bible says that when two or three people come together and pray over a matter that god hears and he answers so by the time you are fighting that battle you know my sister my brother it is not easy so unbelievers should marry unbelievers like minds attract unbelievers should marry unbelievers believers should marry believers not just any believer not the person they go church not someone that just when they're praising their lord you clap your hand no i'm talking about somebody who has true knowledge of god's word everything in the bible he lives by it and he wants to work for god that's someone i call a believer not a church goer basically mm. to support what you just said i feel see god is the one that created marriage that's the first thing you should understand god created this thing we call marriage and now if you read genesis or you understand genesis in the creation when he created adam and come he removed the rib of adam and then made woman the devil was not happy so time so so from the beginning of time satan has always been after marriages because he feels that that is the only union. He said if a, a house divided against itself cannot stand. So Satan already knows if he brings enmity between this man and woman, then there will be disunity, there will be conflict, there will be quarrels, there will be arguments, there will be things that will separate them from God's law. And once they are separated, God cannot do so much for them. He can't give them so much blessings because they are not connected together to him. Instead, this one is angry over this one for doing this or that. So from time immemorial, the devil has always been after marriages, after unions, after things that glorify God. So if you already have that at the back of your mind that the devil is after um, you, if you're doing the right thing, you should know that you do not need a fair weather Christian. Now, when we say unbeliever, unbeliever doesn't necessarily only mean the persons you see on the outside going to clubs and, and partings and drinking and doing all those things. It could be that brother in the church. 
just because he comes to church every Sunday or comes to Bible study every or comes to church three times a week or seven times a week, that doesn't make him a Christian. Please don't get it twisted. This applies to the ladies too. Just because she comes to church every day, she dresses well. You don't really know the real her outside the church. So for you to be sure or for you to be certain that this person is um, a believer, is genuine Christian. See, Christianity, like I will always say, is a lifestyle. It's more than just carrying Bible and reading it every, reading the book every blessed day to prove that you, you know, do you know the God of the book you're carrying? That's the Bible. Do you know, do you have any relationship with that person? The way you have relationship with human beings and it makes you get closer to them and it makes you get to understand who they are and what they have to offer. It's the same relationship you should, you should have with God. So you get to understand him, what he likes, what he dislikes, what he likes to do, what he doesn't like to do. Who told you God doesn't have things he likes to do and not do? He does. But because you don't have a relationship with him, you don't understand these things. So being with someone who helps you glorify God, who helps you bring unity in your union, has a lot to do with what God wants marriage to look like so when you're getting equally yoked when you're mingling you're giving the devil room to attack how was um, um, satan able to destroy the original plan of the garden of eden all he had to do was cause enmity what was enmity immediately he gave eve the mindset of okay if you eat this apple do you know god wants doesn't want you to eat the apple because he feels if you eat it you'll be too wise you understand so you see how the devil works he's very um, deceptive so, because of they were not rooted in God's word, which was the original thing God asked Adam to do, um, um, guard this place, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And the only thing I basically, he basically told them not to do was just don't touch that tree of good and evil. Leave that one. He told every other thing is your own. But well, because of they were not staying united in God, the devil used it as an opportunity to come in and bring disorganization in their midst and you know it made to them living in the garden of Eden and all of us have to suffer <laughs> for their mistakes but that being said God specifically says be not equally yoked. there are a couple of people in the Bible who were equally yoked with unbelievers and in as much as some of them were still forgiven at the end of the day but they had to pay so dearly for it number one was Samson he had to lose his both eyes and even had to die with his enemies um, number two was Solomon he he had to repent on his dying bed at the end of the day, but he had to go through a lot of wrong lifestyles. And number three was King Ahab. Jezebel ruined his life. It's so sad that all these bad people I just mentioned that destroyed people's lives were women, which is like, why? Why? So please, ladies, make sure you're not the reason why another guy is going to go to hell, okay? Make sure you are... I know, we like bad boys. I know, I know. Because some people will be like, ah... All these church boys, I beg, I beg, I beg. It's not my thing. My dear, who told you that there are no church guys that can dress well? And I don't mean church guys in terms of like they go to church every Sunday. I mean people that really know the God they are going to serve. Who told you that there are no guys that, <clears throat> sorry, that go to church that dress well or that take care of themselves or that look good? There are people like that. You just look for the wrong guys or you basically don't even look at all because you, to you it's not your thing. So once you start even having that mindset, you yourself, you're not a believer. So you, you need to get saved to be able to save another person. So it just basically says, please, please, God is God is begging, God is asking. Paul also said, please, believers, stay amongst yourself. Like addicts in, in like um, charges in this situation, they are trapped. 
don't go out and attract unlike charges, please. You won't be able to deal with what people that are in marriages now, especially this goes to single people mostly. People that are in marriages now that have to deal with a lot of, you know, um, um, either the husband is stopping them from going to church or they have to choose between their marriage and church. I think that's something we'll come to very soon, having to choose between your marriage and the God you serve. So when you're put in such situations, you're not like, ah, it's my husband, it's my husband. You're not making your husband lord over you, forgetting that you're first Christ before your, your husband's own. So the, your creator owns you first before any other person. So you just need to have same like charges around you, same positivity. Now, I'm not saying that people that are married to um, Christians, their fellow Christians don't have issues. They do. I mean, arguments and conflicts, I said it in the last podcast, is a normal thing for people. But that doesn't change the fact that when you are on equal, when you are equally yoked with an unbeliever, the way you handle conflict is way different from the way genuine Christians handle conflict. Now, I'm going to ask my friend this question. Um, Chidima, so what happens when married people, are, let's say um, a, a couple, a husband and a wife, they were married, and then two of them are unbelievers, okay? Because I think we've been direct, we've been talking so much on believers. We need to help those that feel they are in such situations where, okay, I'm married to this person. I'm not talking of dating now, I'm talking of marriage, because dating you can leave, but with marriage, it's, a whole lot complicated so you're married to someone who is not of the same faith with you in the sense that it's probably that two of you were unbelievers when you got married and then one of you got saved or one of you has always been saved but because you didn't know what you know now you're already in such situations how do you tackle it are you expected since we said the bible says be not unequally are you saying this person should leave his or her marriage or what do you advise them to do for me, it's a two-way thing when it comes to being married to an unbeliever. Like you're already you're already married, so there's basically no as far as marriage is concerned, there is no room for divorce, as stated in the Bible. The only reason the Bible gave room for divorce is on the grounds of adultery, as stated in that Matthew 19. If you read it, you see it there. So for me, I see it like it's a two-way thing in the sense that one, you can decide to leave the marriage and choose God over that marriage. You can just say, okay, since you can't, you don't want me to serve God, you're not willing to join me in serving God, I'm leaving this marriage. So that's one. But the second way it can work, which is the one I know I can most likely do, like if I was in such a situation, if I was married today and I'm married to an unbeliever, this is what I will most likely do. I will try and save my marriage and save and gain my salvation as well as that person's salvation the bible clearly shows that with our chaste conversation we can be able to win people to god and the bible clearly shows that we should be we should be ready every time to give an answer to everyone that asked us of the faith or the belief that is in us so i see it like it's a two-way thing the second part is why don't you stay and make it work especially in cases where there are children involved in this marriage especially in cases where the marriage don't go far not be to dating don't say maybe five years six years it's even 10 years so why don't you stay and make it work why don't you stay and be like okay ah okay please how do we make because in everything we do in life let us play to win i learned this from mrs ibuku and Washika. Let us play to win. 
in every situation so as a woman you should know your husband's love language or as a man you should know your husband as a man you should know your wife's love language let us play to win in that situation there's a strategy you will take in that situation and with the help of god you can be able to win that person to god you can it is very possible so i see it like okay have a come to a, a conclusion come call this person and be like baby see see how do we do this see okay you don't want me to go to church okay why don't you work this way even if he's this kind of person that is so stringent i'm like ah i don't want you to go to church you can walk your way up to that point where you say ah okay why don't i go to church like three times in a month in in three sundays two sundays i will obey you those kind of things work your strategy to work with the help of god there is nothing god cannot do and the reason why you need to stay and try and make it work is because it's possible it's possible that that person that now you want to give up on that person god can change that man tomorrow and that person will be an ambassador of christ that person will love god just the same way you love him but it only takes patience and you've been able to endure and the only reason you can be able to endure and stay true to god to god and make it work is if you have deep knowledge of god meaning that you must keep on knowing god you must keep on knowing god and be deeply rooted in him ephesians 6 they shows you the ways you can fight your battles different armor you should gain for you to keep knowing god so as long as you are gaining that ground you are knowing god deeper and deeper you will be able to win that person over for me that's how i see two things you walk away from the marriage but in situations like this you try and save the marriage how do you save the marriage by playing to win get a good strategy as as is commonly said men for men you feed their ego by the time you feed a man's ego you can win him. You can win him. Men like likes to be. They like to be pampered. You feed a man's ego. Like you do what you want him to do, and God will make him work for you. You go to God and you report him to God, and you tell God, God, I want you to win this man over for me, and God will do it. I certainly believe so. Um, you made a very silent point, which is very very important. Prayer. I think if there is anything in this type of situation. Is very I don't know what to say, sir, but in this type of situation, I believe prayer does a lot of work because, like you said, if marriage has been long, <laughs> the marriage is more than like even if it's a year, even if it's one day. I mean, it's just not that easy. I get so prayer does a lot of good, but this is the reason why we young people that are not yet married should not even make the mistake in the first place. And first of all, I need to say this for you to even start having thoughts of good guy bad guy bad guy good guy you yourself are you safe are you do you have a very good relationship with god because if you're convicted um in your spirit if you're saved if you have the knowledge of the word of god i don't think you even be thinking in such directions you probably know the truth the bible says you know the truth and the truth will make you free so first corinthians 7 12 to 15 talks more on marriages where one person is saved and the other is not saved so i think if you have if you're in such situations or you know people that are in such situations recommend this scripture to them paul explains exclusively on how he says if the individual is willing to change stay but if the unbelieving departs let him depart he's basically not trying to you know put you under any obligation to stay if you feel 
that the person is trying to stop you from being with your God because in as much as you try to save the marriage, you fight for it and all those things. In situations where it's like another man's no, or where it becomes a situation where you have to choose between your spouse and your God. Ah, in as much as it's painful to say this, if you really love the God you serve, not many people will agree with me, I get but if you really, really do love the God you serve and you know the scriptures to the core and you know the Bible frowns against being equally yoked, my dear, ah, I'm sorry. You just got to leave that. <laughs> this thing sounds so painful for me to say. That's why we that are still young, we that are still youth, we that are still fresh, we, we don't have anything bothering us yet. We're not tied down to anybody. Don't make the mistake from the day one. Stay away. It's a no, 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 no. Christians, please be with Christians. Unbelievers, be with unbelievers. Whenever you get saved, you can join the Christian door. But please, do not compromise your faith because you're trying to help somebody. You say, okay, let me marry him. Okay, let me date him. And then you find out you're going down spiritually. And instead of you to leave such, if you're in a relationship, to leave such toxic, um, toxic relationship, you stay there because of probably the chicken change you're getting from it. Please, and please, and please, and please. Please learn to know when to leave, when to stay. I'm saying for people that are single. But for the married ones, prayer. Prayer is all I can advise you to do now. (laughs) Pray. Ask God to take, you know, invade the young man or if it's a woman, invade her to the point where, you know, he just does his perfect work. Because I believe in something. I believe in as much as we are called to evangelize and preach the gospel, we cannot win souls without the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts people of their sins. It is not your job to be dragging somebody. You must repent. Please, you are not that person's God. Allow God to do his work. The only job you're asked to do is evangelize. Speak the truth to the person. And most times, the Bible we preach is not the one we carry. The Bible we preach is our lifestyles. How is your lifestyle glorifying God? You cannot tell somebody you're a Christian and the lifestyle you're living has nothing to do with Christianity. Please make sure that the Christian you claim to be shows all around. And that's the only way you can get people saved or probably even get them to follow you to your God. And please, like Chilima said, do not try to change people. You are not God. I'm begging you the name of God. I have I have seen people that tried to change people and they, they had to pay dearly for it. In the sense that they, they got into they got themselves into serious mess. So please, you're not God. Do not try to change people. Finally, um, I want us to talk about how this affects um, children because I believe spiritual um being in a, a believer being in a relationship or being married to a non-believer if they have kids that if they are married and they have kids what do you think are the side effects of it affecting their kids or something okay. so it's decide the at disadvantages of marrying a non-believer an un, a, a non-believer or an unbe or an unbeliever is the, the, the effect on your children is one you now give them two choices to make. Is either to serve God or to serve mammon. In the sense that you now have children and they now have conflicting beliefs. In the sense, for example, maybe you have your you're married, maybe your husband is not a believer and you are a believer. And maybe you have two kids. And today you tell your and you out of those two kids, one is take one, one follows into church, the other stays with the dad and doesn't go to church. So with the, tomorrow, that child, that one that follows you to church will come and be giving instances or talking about God. And the other person, the other child is not, has no, doesn't even want to hear those things that that person is saying. Now, somehow you're already losing your child. You're losing your child 
because of the fact that that child has no core knowledge of God. And re- how did you lose your child? Because your husband was not in the was not a believer. So it affects the child, and the child grows up with that kind of mindset that ah, God is not that serious. That some people are like that. I had a friend who told me when we we're in 200 level that she was like, I used to tell her, Why you know they go to church? Why you know they she was like, I beg you that when she was growing up, her mother was somebody that went that goes to church once in a blue moon. But her dad was the person that kept on going to church. But the dad was not so much like he didn't put it too much like everybody should go to church, everybody should go to church. So she grew up with that mindset that ah, you can go to church any day, any time. That now that she's now grown up and she's in the university, it's now her mother is telling her, please oh try and be going to church. But it can't work that way because she has grown up with that mindset of ah, any day where I like I go to church, God's always there. So it's really it affects the children. If it affects their spiritual life, it affects their lives physically. Because these children have they don't that is why it's important to make these decisions when you are single. Because we have the right to choose our partners. We have the right to choose the persons we want to be married to. But these children don't have the right to choose their fathers. They don't. They don't have the right to choose their parents. So by the time you get married now, you now have that kind of child. You are married to somebody. For example, you do you, you are going to church to do Thanksgiving and your husband is going to a cult. That kind of a thing. So that child now will come up with... It, that child will just have a very different, a very st- somehow background, which is the fact that God is nothing. So it's really, it's really sad. It's really sad, and that's how you now start bringing up generations of people that don't know God. People that don't know God, they come up with ah, God is nothing. They keep growing with that kind of mindset, and it doesn't work that way. It can never work that way. Wow. So, um, what we're trying to say basically is spirituality or um, being equally yoked or being in relationships or being married to people that are not of same faith has everything, I repeat, everything to do with our spiritual growth. It also affects the kids because the Bible says train up a child in the way you should go that when he's old, he will not depart from it. So, parents, please, if you're if you're not yet a parent, you have a you have thank God you have an opportunity to make your wrongs now right. Now that you're not married, now you're not committed fully to anybody. Please don't jeopardize your children's future just because of your selfish gain. So please make sure you do things that best benefit their futures and not kill them. So many people you see on the road not doing so well. Check check their background. Check how they were brought up. They were not brought up the right way. And then you target society. The parent has a major role to play first before the society does anything. So we always need to understand that the decisions we make in life goes a long way to affect not just us, but our children, our faith, our growth in Christ, and everything that concerns us. So do do yourself good and make the right decisions today. So Chidima, I just want to say thank you very much for coming thank you for making our time to be here but before you go can you just you know what's your advice to people that are in relationships now that they don't know if they should go they've committed so much into the relationship already they don't know if leaving is the right thing what's your advice to them okay for me i see it like my advice to anybody out there that you're already in a relationship with an unbeliever and you're a believer and even if you are a baby Christian, 
But as long as you've started that route of, I want to know God, and you're dating someone who is an unbeliever, please note this. It is not an emotional decision. Take emotions out of it. It is your future we're talking about. So it is not an emotional decision. Just tell yourself, I'm leaving this person. It will hurt to ha, my sister. I I can I know what heartbreak feels like. I've been there. It will hurt like it will feel very bad. It will feel like ah oh God, why why do I have to do this? But my sister, why the greater picture? The Bible says that eye has not seen nor ears heard of what the things God will do for us. So the greater picture is that the moment you chosen God over that person. Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from the Lord. There is no way you will choose God over that person, that God will not give you somebody way, way better, that you will tell yourself, wow, how come I wanted to settle for less? less?" The Bible says that there is nobody that has left for mother to uh, to serve him that will be left without a reward. So my sister, it is not an emotional decision. Use your head and not your heart. Leave that relationship. (laughs) I'm saying this in a capital in, in capital terms, like in capital letter, leave that relationship. It is no matter how responsible the person looks, as long as God is not in that person's life, the person is not responsible. The person is not in any way responsible. So dust your slippers and run. Thank you. Yeah. So um guys, what we're trying to say is like she said, it's not an emotional decision. That's like a very Jesus. That's like a very dopest point. It is not safe. Love is a decision. Yes. But it is not an emotional one. Sometimes you just have to make the tough choices. You have to make the right decisions. Because we all know that God is love. And for someone to claim who claims to love you that doesn't love God, how can they actually love you when they don't love the God that created the thing called love? So always know that Please, you are so much more. Always have this at the back of your mind. I am so much more. I deserve better. Whether you're a guy, you're a girl, you're a man or you're a woman, you deserve what better. Hey guys, that's all we have for today. I hope you learned so much. Don't forget to tune in for more fun episodes. Until next time, bye.